happy moment. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Kaiju Groupie podcast. I am your host, Michael, better known as the Kaiju Groupie. And today I have a really interesting episode for you guys. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but I do want to take a few minutes here before we get started and uh, do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, And by that I mean I need to read another Apple podcast review. Uh, this review came in from username Awesome Al. Uh, the title of the review, the title of the review, excuse me, uh, is "This Podcast Spits Hot Fire." <laughs> the review reads like this: <clears throat> I hope I do this justice. Michael hosts one of the most thrilling and filling podcasts I've ever heard. It's crafted like a fine Wisconsin cheese curd. He, the deep dive interviews with the kaiju community, it's so good, it'll give you viral immunity. The podcast has so much breath, it'll simply steal your breath. He always manages to be so cordial, all I can do is listen, mordial. Hmm. Well, okay. Uh, thank you, awesome Al. Alex. Uh, I'm assuming that's who this came from. In fact, I know this. Is, I know that's who this came from. Uh, Alex from the Monsters vs. Men podcast. Thank you, buddy. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so if you want to be awesome like Al and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. And if you do that, all it does is help this show get in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans just like you. You can also leave feedback by sending me an email uh, directly to kaijugroupypod at gmail.com. And I promise if you do either one of those, if you leave me a five-star review uh, on iTunes, uh, or if you send me an email, I promise I'll uh, I'll read it on the next episode. So yeah, that's uh, sort of an incentive for you to do so. And uh, again, please... Uh, if you want to get this show, if you enjoy this content, if you enjoy what we do, or I'm sorry, what I do, rather, sorry, uh, if you enjoy what I do um, and you want to support the show, please do so. Give us a review. Uh, criticize me all you want, but please make it five stars worth, and I promise I will read that feedback on a future episode. So before we um, get into the the meat of the interview, I just want to say that it was an absolute pleasure uh, talking with Henry, uh, the host of It Came From Monster Movie Podcast. And I'm going to be honest, uh, it was a very interesting conversation. I wasn't really quite sure what to expect um, going into it. This was my very first time uh, talking with Henry one-on-one. And um, yeah, I mean... This interview, or this conversation rather, really it turned into more of a discussion and a conversation uh, than an actual formal interview. Um, to me, in my opinion, you know, given the state of the world we live right now with, uh, you know, COVID still, uh, still an issue with everything that's happening around the world, 
uh, politically and, and, and whatnot, and, you know, bringing it back home to the kaiju and tokusatsu fandom, everything that's going on in, in our uh, little corner of the internet, I really feel like this conversation is necessary. And really, at the time when we were doing this, I, I didn't expect it to be as uh, timely as it ended up being. Uh, but I'm really, really happy that uh, Henry and I sat down uh, for this conversation because, you know, there was a lot of things we discussed. Um, and I'm going to say that it, it's a very candid conversation. It is a very honest conversation. Uh, Henry does go into a lot of detail about his background as a, not only just as a fan, but just his background, you know, his personal life and whatnot. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's something that we don't get to see or hear very often, um, him being Henry the host for his podcast. And so I, it was a pleasure. It was an honor to have him and sit down with him for this conversation. And I really hope that, uh, after it's all over and you've listened all the way through, uh, that you can take away some really positive things from it. And I will say that there are some very strong opinions uh, expressed in this conversation, but I want to encourage you to stick around to the very end because it really will be worth your time. Uh, at least I hope so. And if you enjoy it, please let us know, of course. Uh, leave us an e- or Send me an email, kaijugroupypod at gmail.com and... Um, so yeah, I'm not going to waste any more of your time here. I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the interview. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back, and with me I have the charismatic enigma himself, Henry the host of It Came From A Monster Movie podcast. Henry, how are you doing, good sir? I think I'm at, this is actually the first guest appearance where you've beat me to my punch, where I can't just go like my usual It Came From A Monster Movie on this guest, but that's fine. No, 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 no. You do you, boo. Uh, no, but it's good to be here, uh, despite my... Voice, I have been deathly sick all week, but it's luckily not been COVID. But people in the listening were probably like, well, why does he sound so happy? And I'll tell you, acting. So there we go. <laughs> the show must go on. I will probably pass out after this episode's done. I hope that you have plenty of fluids available during I this conversation. I do. I have, my mom got me uh, kombucha, like the big giant bottle of kombucha, and I am nearly halfway through it. So... <laughs> so yeah, I just want to make sure my guests are fully hydrated and and mentally ready for the adventure that we're about to go I down. just sit here being like, man, I really miss the time when you could, were sick. And you're like, cool, I'm sick. I'm just normally dying, not dying from like a rampaging death disease that's going to shatter humanity at the modern stakes for years to come. Right, right. I mean, it's, um, I will say this. It is, it's interesting times in which we live, my friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is very, (laughs) for sure, for sure. And that's, and that's really all, uh, that's really all I want to say about that at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So, so before we kind of get into the weeds here, I want to give you a moment 
tell whomever doesn't know already who you are a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Well, uh, I'm Henry, the host. I think that is now legally my name, which is awesome. Um, I am a mutt of the world. My dad is from England. So despite my outrageous accent, I'm actually British as well. Um, my mom's from Pennsylvania. I was born in Texas. I grew up in South Carolina. I went to school in Florida. I've been taking dinosaurs in Montana since I was in fifth grade. Uh, I've been to every continent of Antarctica and Antarctica is still on my list. And I think I know how to get there. So that's exciting. Um, I've lived in Korea, Seoul, South Korea for five years as an English teacher, an English substitute teacher and a manager for a school. And I also used to tell my students that uh, I taught during the day and at night I was a thespian. Uh, I worked with a theater group called Soul uh, Soul Players. Uh, they're a community theater group in uh, Seoul uh, that I miss dearly. I made my breakout role as playing Eddie in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, okay. I've scuba dived on Blackbeard's boat, The Queen's End Revenge with National Geographic. I've been on the Discovery Channel. Um, I will, and I go into a lot of that story on an upcoming episode of, of Gods and Monsters podcast with something ghoulish. And then, uh, I also write science fiction. Uh, I have the very useful degree of creative writing. Um, and I do a podcast that like has five stars after all these years. So like, you know, not too much. <laughs> Not too much at all. No, it sounds like you've got a few things. You're you're just, you got a handful of things going on right now. I I, I can see that and more. Uh, so and absolutely. And you you kind of just glossed over something there in your in your in your bio there that I find super interesting. So you said you've been digging dinosaurs in Montana since age five. No, fifth grade, not age five. Fifth age grade, five, fifth grade. Henry was not talking. Uh, I have, uh, <laughs> let's just say that I am on a wonderful spectrum of debates still with most people, despite my eloquence. But let me tell you, after go- rummaging through my mom's storage, holy crap, am I lucky to have parents that I had? Because, uh, yeah, that's a medical record that I've been wondering about all these years. <laughs> and now I finally have answers. And now I understand why the college director of like therapy for students shook my hand when I met him for the first time and be like, it's a pleasure that you made it this far. And I'm like, why are you saying that to me? Like, it's a big deal that I'm in college. And then now after reading those journals, yeah, it was a big deal. I went to college. Um, no, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom wanted me to go to summer camps, but I love dinosaurs. They're my passion. Everything I've ever done in life is literally because I like dinosaurs and some people are like, not everything. I'm like, I have dated people because of, I like dinosaurs. Everything that I do is because I like dinosaurs. Like every single action that I have, even my flipping coming out story of being a pansexual cryptid is because I like dinosaurs. They are my driving passion. So my mom being the ballsy woman that she is, um, and those for who, who know me find that probably to be a hilarious joke. But um, she emailed Jack Horner himself. And because she just like went through my dinosaur books and just like emailed a bunch of paleontologists. And she emailed Jack Horner and told him what was going on with me and like what my life was like. And he was like, I have a grad student 
that I used to work with named Vicky Klaus. And then he, then I went to the University of Montana and dug up a dinosaur nesting site and a Lambiosaurus femur. And I might have found a new dinosaur that's still in an archive somewhere. So I'll probably never get that credit. But uh, I did that for uh, two, three years. And then I took a break to get my scuba divers license in North Carolina. And that's how I ended up working with National Geographic on a dive for the Queensland Revenge. And then when I finished that, I returned to Montana uh, to work with the Judith River Dinosaur Institute uh, in Billings, Montana. And I, my first year with them, I discovered a stegosaurus graveyard. Um, and after the four years of doing that, we uncovered uh, at least four specimens, four stegosaurus specimens. Uh, and I believe they're still digging up more stegosaurs. But yeah, I have weird friends in high places like Michael you've been listening to my show and you know that I have really strange scientific connections um so yeah you you have some interesting connections I'm uh, all over that the I, place that I, you you are you are and I find your story super fascinating and that, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on yeah no I'm uh I'm what you call different I think uh so uh but you know I don't know it's, it's just like Everything I've done is because I like dinosaurs. I went to Korea because I like dinosaurs because I, lo- I love teaching because kids like dinosaurs. So I can talk about dinosaurs to kids. And like because of that, you know, uh, when I came back to America, I was a creative writing teacher. But I like made my students watch The Twilight Zone because I was like, that's good writing because you got to learn how to like, you know. I was trying to beat out this the way the current system is of just writing to write. I'm like, you got to write, you know, you got to show, not tell, right? You can't just like say, mm-hmm. oh, this is the twist. No, you got to show the twist. So I told them, right. like, I would show them Twilight Zone episodes. And then as the course continued and they realized how weird I was, they asked me, because I always talk about genre stuff. And they're like, why giant monsters? And I was like, funny you should say that. And I told them the story of Twilight Zone and its true impact on Japan. Because, and I don't know if you know this, Michael, but like mm-hmm. Edge of Superaya loved the Twilight Zone. Loved it. Uh, I can kind of tell from his work on Ultra because Q. Because Ultra Q is the Twilight Zone. It's the Japanese mm-hmm. version of the Twilight Zone. And I was listening to an episode you just released and you, and it was funny because you guys like hit it on the uh, head. Uh, Ultra Q is Japanese Twilight Zone, and it's just these people interacting with these creatures and concepts, and just everything's so different and weird. But then Edge of Superaya came up with a wonderful idea about like, what if there was something that could fight the weirdness of the Twilight Zone, thus uh-huh. creating Ultraman? And then, like, what's funny is I did show Ultraman to my middle school students, the eighth graders, uh, the first episode of Ultraman, and they were like, oh, I could totally see why this is the Twilight Zone in Japan. And they loved it. And they were like, wait, this is 1966? This is pretty fantastic. And then, like, you know, all my students saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. They all said it was better than Avengers Endgame. Uh, They said they enjoyed it more. I have sixth grade students who love Godzilla. I have kids who are now writing their own stories of giant monsters and dinosaurs and creatures. And they still message me today being like, do you know anything how I could fix this character design or this creature concept. And like, it's great. Mm -hmm. They're a passion that I've instilled on them 
has helped me move ahead with my plans on creating Apex. And we can probably talk about Apex later on in the episode. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> whole, holy shit is all I can really say about all of that. Because, man, I guess now I can say that I officially have my very first officially unofficial paleontologist that, on my show. That is, that is, I wear many hats. Like, t- they're, like, I have closets of hats where it's just like, <laughs> people ask me, like, what can you do? And I'm like, oh, I know how to weld. And they're like, why do you know how to weld? I'm like, well, I had to make a cart to move a stegosaurus plate. And they're like, wait, why did you have to move a stegosaurus plate? And I'm like, well, because I excavated a plate and I had a, and I made the plaster. So I was one of the few people who knew how to undo. And they're just like, what are you talking about? I'm like. I have a set of skills that I just keep forgetting that I can do. Uh, and like, you know, it's one of the reasons why I was able to get some jobs when I came back to America, because I eventually managed a school in Korea. Still don't know how I did that one. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I am an actor. Uh, there are some of my plays are actually on YouTube. I've written. Uh, there's a really great. I really need to reach out to him. But there's this really cool guy named Dan, and he runs a website called Pop Mythology. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. them? I have not, but I'll look it up now that you mentioned They're it. They're super cool, but if you go through it, I actually wrote all their IDW Godzilla review, comic reviews, uh, like for Godzilla Cataclysm and stuff. And then I also wrote, because that was also the year Jurassic World came out, and I wrote the top five dinosaur movies you should see that are not Jurassic Park films to prep you for Jurassic World. And what sure. was funny was a buddy of mine <laughs> Facebook messaged me maybe a week after its release. And he was like, dude, Henry, have you seen any of these movies? And I was like, I, I wrote this article. And they're like, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I, uh, I wrote this article. But like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But please read who wrote it, please. Because I, I wrote it. I wrote it. It's fine. That was your God moment. You just mm. at that moment. At that moment, you you felt felt like a god. Oh, a little bit. I mean, I still get compliments because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Uh, have you ever heard of Andrew? He does a lot of amazing. Like, have you been to Godzilla Festival, Michael? I have not. It's See, a. I, I, it's a lot. I was gonna go to. Um, I was gonna go to G Fest. This this year was my very first G Fest that I was gonna attend, and then of course. That a little something fire. called that, that, uh, whole, yeah. that whole social experiment <laughs> of a fire. Um, a little something called uh, what was it? Uh, COVID? Uh, is that what it is? The COVID rampage death plague. But uh, <laughs> the reason why it's a COVID rampage death plague is because everybody apparently is an expert on the plague. And I sit here, I always laugh because I've actually been, this is my second pandemic that I've ever lived through. Because when I lived in oh, Korea, wow. okay. We had the MERS outbreak. And like, to be honest, like everybody applauds South Korea on how they handled this. And I'm like, yeah, because I was there during MERS and like, they just lost their minds. And sorry if I curse, but like they did. Because like, it was this crazy virus, uh, MERS. It's a bit like SARS. It was it was going all over the place because like a Korean doctor went to the Middle East. And he got sick and went to like nine different hospitals by cab and it just went through so like wildfire and I'm just sitting here like, I don't, you know, I'm in America. We don't usually have this issue, but Mm -hmm. then um, it was really funny because 
I knew something was wrong when they killed the camels at the zoo. Uh, oh, God. Because there's oh, wow. an article that said that camels were a transmitter for MERS. And I, they killed like, they had nine camels. They killed five of them. And I'm like, those were camels that were born in Korea. Like, how would it? And I was like, they don't know what's going on. And like, we, I did get a week off of work. And that is how I ended up seeing Jurassic World the day it came out three, four times. Four times. Sorry. Did I see it four or three? Four times. No, I saw it a total of eight times, but I saw <laughs> on opening day, I saw it. I think I saw it. Hold on. Sorry. I got to do math. I woke <laughs> up because okay. I, I, we had school off that whole week because of MERS. And it was funny because like every person who was Korean was home, but every foreigner, because we don't know how pandemics work because none of us have gone through it. We're just all mm-hmm. out and about enjoying the thing. Like, you know, we all, everybody loved going on the subway because if you wanted a subway car to yourself, all you had to do was cough. And every Korean person would just like go to the next car. It was great. Um, <laughs> but I went, I woke up. I'll never forget. It was that Thursday morning. I woke up. I checked my phone. I, I ordered my Jurassic World tickets at nine o'clock in the morning for the 945 uh-huh. show. I got up, put my Jurassic Park shirt on, got my little stuffed T-Rex that I've had since I was four, went to see Jurassic World at 9.45 in the morning, cried the whole time, because I just, (laughs) it just like, seeing a world where everybody's so excited to see dinosaurs and all that jazz, like, I'm bawling, this poor Korean woman, like, three seats down from me, this old Ajima, which is Korean for old lady, she's looking at me like, What's wrong with him? Is he scared of the dinosaurs? Like, why is he crying every time a dinosaur comes up? Why is he crying when the music starts hitting? Uh, Cried a lot. And then I saw, then I got out of it. And a buddy of mine called me up and was like, hey, do you want to see Jurassic World? And I'm like, yeah. And then I saw it a second time, like literally an hour afterwards. And then, nope, I did see it three times because then I saw it in uh, 4D, which was super cool. But because of Merge, it wasn't super 4D because there was no water effect because they didn't want you to get sick. But it was super fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I can totally relate to that because, you know, growing up, I did watch all the Jurassic Park films in theaters. Uh, my dad, uh, who's since gone, took me to my very first uh, movie, which happened to be Jurassic Park. I think it was 93. Yep, 93. Right? 93. Okay. So he took me to my very first movie. That was the very first movie I ever saw in theaters. And from that moment, I was hooked. Now, I was already into dinosaurs as a child. I had little plastic toys just like everybody else. Yeah. But from that moment, I was hooked, man. And then that spurred into my love of <clears throat> just dinosaurs and, and and monsters in general. And of course, uh, I kind of graduated from that and I watched, super, uh, not Super Sentai, sorry, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and then from Power Rangers went to Godzilla and then the rest is, of course, history. Uh, but I can totally relate to what you're saying about tearing up in, in movie moments because there's just, because I rewatched uh, the, enti- the Jurassic Park trilogy uh, a couple of years ago for the first time in a very long time. And as soon as that music hits, that dun 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 dun, it, you you do get all the feels. You do, yeah. And uh, I got the same emotion when I heard when I watched um, King of the Monsters and Ifakube's music hit. Uh, oh, for, during yeah. the first com- that uh... d- during the first confrontation of Godzilla and, and uh, King Ghidorah. I mean, I got the same. You know, it sounds really stupid. 
to to someone who's not within the fandom for like a 30 33 year old man tearing up at two giant monsters but you know no i mean it is what it is you're, you're totally fine no when i saw king of the monsters it was my last day of school uh coming back to the states uh and i was just happy to leave because that's a whole you know that's the beginning of the end for my mental state because of 2019 but uh but i went to see godzilla king of the monsters on imax the day it opened right um and i saw it with my friends who wanted to see it with me cuz like i you know i saw godzilla king of the monsters eight times in theaters as well because everybody's just like henry you want to see godzilla king of the monsters i'm like yeah like what what other what else like they're like don't you want to see this movie i'm like the only other movie I saw that wasn't Godzilla King of the Monsters was Rocket Man because my mom wanted to see it. But I was like, mm-hmm. but the Godzilla was in the next theater over and I'm just like, I mean, I'm enjoying this movie, but King of the Monsters is right next door. And it probably makes it even worse that you can hear some of what's going oh, on I in mean, the theater. Yeah, it was, it was time. But uh, I always laugh because the IMAX experience, because I like, I was pumped. But I didn't like it was fu- it was one of those things where I was pumped because and just going back into teaching and this might be a good segue onto like why I do my podcast the way I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for is, it. So unlike a lot of the other monster movie podcasts that are out and about and like I actually mm-hmm. think out of all of them, I'm probably more akin to your show than let's and like i'm a weird mixture of like what you do what kaiju mm-hmm. apostle does and what monster versus men does where it's like mm-hmm. uh we talk more about like the people who watch these movies or the people who are unfamiliar with these films and we kind of expand those concepts uh because mm-hmm. i was a little bit inspired by um because i i ended up teaching a film class uh and when I was teaching it, a lot of the students I had was working with knew who I was. And they all like, obviously the first day of film, they're like, okay, Henry teacher, I got to know. And I'm like, what? Why giant monsters? And I'm like, well, like real quick guys, just to let you know, 12 Angry Men is my favorite movie of all time. That's my, by far, I think the best cinematic piece ever made and then everybody's like why is it and i'm like well watch it and then my students watched it and they loved it but they're like mm-hmm. well why giant monsters so i i, I pulled up youtube and i'm like all right God, kids let's let's do this quick brief thing and i was like here's a trailer for godzilla versus godzilla king of the monsters that's coming out in 2019 and they're just like you know they they see the i played the uh i can't remember which tra- oh the one that's over the rainbow trailer oh yeah that, one, that was, a, that good was one. a good one and i i i showed that so these kids are seeing these really well done special effects of giant monsters appearing and da, 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 da. mothra rodan Ghidorah, godzilla all duking it out and they're like wow mm-hmm. that that looks awesome i'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you want to see them the first time and they're like what do you mean and then i pull up uh that clip on youtube of the final fight in Gijo the three-headed monster and you just see like uh, you know Ghidorah doing the nut shot uh, godzilla with his gravity being <laughs> and you see mothra just being the bad puppet spewing thing and the kids are like wait those are the same characters i'm like i know but here's the cool thing what you guys are seeing in Godzilla King of the Monsters is what I have always seen with these movies. 
Uh, <laughs> and they're like, we, and then they said, we want more. What other monster movies? And I'm like, oh, you think that like, cause one kid said like, oh, these special effects are bad. I'm like, you think those are bad? And I pulled up like the trailer for the killer shrews and explained <laughs> like, you know, all that. And they're like, well, what about like modern monster movies? Cause they talked about Sharknado and I was like, kids don't mess with Sharknado. It's not, it's not, don't do it. No, but no, no. Um, uh, but I will say I actually will be doing Sharknado for my show soon because my friend Greta, who's a wonderful uh, voice actor and actor and writer in Korea for my Soul Players days, and she's actually releasing a comedy superhero audio drama called Tights, I believe is what it's called. I hope I got that right, Greta. I'm so sorry. But she did a, me a huge service this summer. So she's getting her own episode of the podcast, which will be Sharknado. And it was funny because I was like, Greta, I really don't want to do this. She's like, well, don't worry, Henry. I'll get a guy who's on Sharknado to be in our episode. I'm like, you know someone who was on Sharknado? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. We'll do that. That's fine. I'll watch Sharknado with someone who was in it. That's That will justify yeah. my brain. But uh, I showed them Sharktopus. And then I was like, I will never forget it. I showed them the Sharktopus trailer. And I showed them like the Sharktopus versus Terracuda. And then I showed them, I still haven't seen it. I'm saving it for my show. But the uh-huh. do you know the tri- how that's a trilogy? I do not. So, uh, honestly, I, yeah, I, I don't. Sharktopus is a wonderful trilogy, apparently. And the final film is a movie called Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf. Oh yes, I heard you talk about that. I can't not remember what episode it was. Uh, was it the was it the, I have no idea. Uh, I just get so excited because I looked at my I'll never forget looking at my kids. They're like, wait, teacher, it's called well whale wolf. And I'm like, yeah, get it? Because it's like werewolf, but it's a whale wolf. Whale wolf. Like this doesn't write itself, guys. Like, <laughs> like you know, and like I know you just listened to our Godzilla versus King Ghidorah episode. And, you know, Millie, who is one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life, she and I have a nice past together. Uh, She has, and I can't, I'll tell you after this, but I'll tell you uh, her lineage uh, in a bit. Mm -hmm. And people can maybe look it up because her wedding was in People's Magazine. I guess I'll tease that. But uh I I like one of the reasons why I loved Millie being on that episode is one, it was really last minute. I literally called her up 30 minutes before and was like, I had a guest drop out to you and Ben want to watch Godzilla versus King Ghidorah in 1991. Um, and she said yes. And I think she sums it up perfectly, which is like, I wouldn't have thought of it. I wouldn't have written it. Like, and that's what I love about this genre. It's just like, most people don't realize that there are these worlds, like this whole film genre of just wonder. And I love it. Like, you know, <laughs> I love doing this podcast and loving to keeping the format, not just with doing giant monster movies, but just doing all the monster movies, mm-hmm. except, you know, the Lovecrafty ones. Cause like I said, Many times on my show, Lovecraft's a racist. If you don't believe me, look up the name of his cat. Uh, You know, he was a horrible person. And maybe don't think that his writings, like he wrote well, but he's a racist. So it's like, you know, that's fun. Like, go watch Lovecraft Country because I'm stoked about that. Because I'm like, oh, good. They're going to talk about it. 
he a racist. But um, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I just love doing this show and like getting people on. Like I all even when I do Godzilla films, I try not to get like I had Denny on because I was like, Denny, I need you on Godzilla King of the Monsters to talk about dinosaur stuff with me with Godzilla Saurus. And he was like, down. And Denny's great. Go look at his art. He's an awesome guy. Sure. Uh, and he was on our episode for Crawl as well for our G Fest special last year. But um, you know, I try and I try and make it because like my target audience isn't the everyday monster viewer. It is mostly like people, so they can understand like, oh, maybe monster movies aren't that bad. Like, what's the first episode I got Matt Frank on? Jurassic Park. And then I did get him on Godzilla ninety eight, but that did get him sick. So, you know. Shame on you, Henry. Shame on that you. That is why making... I am proudly, I do have awkwardly that review from David saying that I am the podcast that killed Matt Frank. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, that's a badge of honor in your first year that I managed to kill one of the most successful inspirational illustrators of our time in the genre. I want to, before we, before there's, there's so much here I want to unpack, <laughs> but before we do that, oh, Jesus. Um, let's back it up just a little bit and tell me kind of the origins of the, you have sort of alluded to it, what the origins were, but kind of, if you want to tell us sort of the backstory on how you, on how, uh, it came from a monster movie, got started, um, whose idea it was, et cetera, et cetera. And who you collaborated with in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for sure. Um, happy to actually, cause I, I love this story. So as a kid, with what God gave me, my wonderful wiring of a brain, and having sure, no sure. social skills, um, <laughs> I developed <laughs> abilities to learn social skills. And that is psychic what, abilities? No, just uh, think of me as a Shakespearean fool, pretty much, ah, right? Gotcha. So everybody's the Shakespearean fool is pretty much the puppet master of the whole play. Uh, manipulating people in a way that can either benefit them or not benefit them. You know, I wrote a whole senior dissertation on this with Hamlet being like a Shakespearean fool who uh, realizes his power, but doesn't know how to do it. You've got Feste from 12th night, who is a good fool and knows how to do his powers for good. And then you got Othello with Iago being a bad fool and using his powers for selfish gain. So what I do with my powers of the Shakespearean fool is um, whenever I had friends over, I made them watch my monster movie. Like my friends love, hate monster movies now because they know things mm-hmm. that they wish they didn't know, but they do now. That's great. Like Velocipaster. Like the wonderful Velocipaster. Uh, wonderful, wonderful Velocipaster. Um, but uh, it, like the true origin I think is in college. Cause I, that was when I really didn't know anybody. I just moved to Florida to go to Eckerd college and I was in a dorm and stuff. And I didn't, I, 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 I sh- kind of struggled making friends still because I just didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. Cause usually it was like, I, I wasn't super confident in who I was yet. So what I used right. to do, and I've talked about this on my show and some other shows is I would go to Publix. And I would buy lots of food, lots of food and drinks. And I would put them in the common area 
and the, the aroma of food and drink would lure people out. And I'd be like, oh no, I bought all this food for me to watch this movie. Do you guys want to like eat, help me eat this food and watch this movie with me? And when they said yes, the deal has been made. The pact <laughs> has been made. The blood pact. You know, the blood pact has been drawn. And like, you know, they're already like consuming the food that I bought <laughs> with my own money. Cause I haven't, I haven't, cause I haven't said what movie I'm putting on. And I think I said it best with uh, uh, Alex and uh, Eric on their episode with them where it's like, Oh, so Henry, by the way, what are we watching? Oh, we're watching a little ditty called Godzilla Final Wars. Uh, so, you know. That- you couldn't have picked something like The Thing or God- or Mothra versus Godzilla. You had to go with Final Wars. That's not fun. Why would I do that? Why That's would I true. show people right. good movies? <laughs> like my, <laughs> my friend Dave, who's been on the show with Altitude, it's really funny because he and I became friends in Korea, not just because we were both head teachers at our schools and we just both ended up every like end of the week being like, I hate people. But uh, he was like, Henry is my favorite person to watch movies with because Henry has a film background. He knows how to talk about film. He knows mm-hmm. what a good movie is, but you'll never get him in front of a good movie. He'll never show you a good movie. He will show you <laughs> movies you didn't even know could exist. That a person could not just only write, but people could act in. He'll never show you d- actual real movies. And I was like, Dave, you know I can show you them. He was like, but I don't want you to, because I like, like, because not only do you get to like watch these films, it's like, you know stuff, you know things, you know history, and you get to learn more. So, you know. This this whole kind of acclimated into the idea of uh, my first summer back in America. I went on a road trip. I went to all these cons because of what I was trying to do was trying to pitch my H universes stories to mm-hmm. people. And for those playing the home game, the H universes is this elaborate. Like I have twenty eight different story concepts from science fiction to fantasy to nonfiction, all this stuff, uh, all original concepts. And I I I want to write them. Like there, you know, I. I want to make them realities because I think they're really good stories. And I think they're stories that need to be told and not to like humble brag, but apex, the first draft of it was called Titan Wars. And it's my original giant monster piece. And everybody's like, Mm -hmm. how do you know it's good? And I will say, this is how I know it's good. And this is actually my biggest regret in my life. And I, I try not to live with regrets, but this is honestly the biggest regret in my life. And sometimes Yes, it does leave me staring at the ceiling at night going, dear God, if I had a time machine, I would go beat the living hell out of high school Henry for saying no to this opportunity. My marine biology professor in high school was, a brother-in-law was Ron Howard's assistant. And she pitched my Titan Wars concept to him. And he told Ron Howard, and I got a message saying that Ron Howard wanted to talk to me about a potential movie deal because he wanted to create something like what I was working on. And Mm -hmm. I said no, because I thought I needed a college degree to do that. And then I went to college and was told science fiction was the ghetto of writing, and I couldn't touch my baby for four years. And 
you know, there are good things and bad things that came out of it. But like, I sit here being like, I could have said yes. And Tyrannus would have existed before I turned even 20. Like, cause Ron Howard himself wanted to make it a movie. But now that, that opportunity has passed and I don't want to lose it. And I will say Apex is what I am more comfortable releasing. And that's going to become an audio drama sooner than later. Uh, expect a Kickstarter on that soon. But um, okay. But when I came back, I realized that I had gone to all these cons trying to pitch my stories and stuff. But at the same time, I was still a nobody. You know, mm. I was just some like kid who came back from Korea with all this crazy experience, but no one knew who I really was. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of an idea of what I could do to become a presence, a voice, uh, an identity. So when I do pitch my concepts, people actually can be like, oh, I know that guy. He's cool. Uh, right. And I drove out. Of, I lived out of my Prius for three months on this road trip. Okay. And my only friends were podcasts. Because it was just me on the road for hours. I nearly died in Nebraska because, man, that state is flat and only one road just going on and 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 on. It was awful. It was the worst part of my whole trip. I nearly died. I just, um, I was like, I've never been on a straight road for that long in my life. But like podcasts were really helpful. They like, I enjoyed listening to them. And my, best friend in this whole entire world is this guy named Zach. Zach and I have been Mm -hmm. friends since I was in middle school. He and I actually started off as rivals because that's what you did in middle school. As all good friendships do. Good friends do. And then we became best friends and we've always wanted to create something. Like he knows that I'm the ideas guy and he's the music editor, sound editor guy. And I came back from my road trip and then I, you know, went abroad. Uh, I circumnavigated the globe a bit. I went to uh, England to see family. I went to Thailand and like lived in the mountains for like a month and a half to like find myself. And now I'm a vegetarian. And ugh. I got to see elephants though. And then I went to Australia and I swam with a crocodile and like I went to Sydney and I went to wet a workshop in New Zealand and I went to Hobbiton and I like, you know, talked and interacted with all these people. I went back to Seoul for Rocky Horror Picture Show. I went to Vancouver to see Dave. When I came back, I was like, man, what am I going to do? I want to make something. But obviously, like an audio drama might be too much to start off with. What's something I can do? And when I was with Dave, he was like, you always can get people to watch a monster movie. So I called Zach up and I was like, hey, what if we made a podcast? And Zach's like, oh, man, I love podcasts and I'd love to edit a podcast. What what do we want to do? And I'm like, what if we did what I've been doing for years, which is just simply tricking people into thinking they're going to watch a good movie and then I have to make them talk about it. And he was like, I mean, you're not wrong. That is what you're really good at. And I was like, yeah. So we then did the Meg not knowing really what my format was going to be. And then eventually, like, fun fact, the format that I do to grade our movies is actually kind of how I graded my students' creative writing papers. I mean, not... I kind of I kind of noticed that because you actually give them a letter grade. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, you know, 
it's not from the idea of like, obviously I did not grade my students on monster concept, but like I did grade my students because I, I, I'm a big advocate, like grammar is important. But as a teacher, mm -hmm. I'll fix your grammar and I'll explain to you why it's wrong and all that jazz. Like that's what an editor does. Sure. But like me, I always was bad at grammar as a kid. And I was lucky to have teachers who could look past my grammar and be like, Henry has really good ideas. And I feel like when you have bad grammar, but really good ideas, you kind of get pushed aside thinking you don't have good ideas. So I was a big advocate of being like, no, your story is really original. It's really good. You have good characters. But then like, I'd be like, your grammar structure could use some work. Your ex like your formatting could use some work. But my enjoyment of your story is very high. And that's how I grade my students. But of course, obviously with this, uh, podcast i changed like grammar and format into concept and design and execution because i realized mm -hmm. like you know we did the meg for the first one and then we like i sat here being like well it's a really good movie but how are we really going to explain to people how why the meg is a shark movie you should watch and not think oh it's just jaws but bigger um and that's that's and you know we don't really see that uh really getting uh, struck that lightning strike until uh, our episode with Colossal, because uh, that's when I kind of started getting on the head. And what's funny is, uh, it used to be just design, not execution. It only became execution after one of our lost episodes was made. We did that. We did Prophecy. Are you familiar with mm -hmm. that one, Michael? With the bear? Prophecy of. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were going to say Prophecies of Nostra Nostradamus. No, no, I'm no. Sorry. It's, no. There's a movie called Prophecy. It is about a mutated bear, and it is delightful. Delight bleh, <laughs> sorry, delightful. It has the Beth, Beth. Oh, man, why can I not talk today? Words. Words are so hard for me. And like looking at these journals of me as a six-year-old, I'm like, damn, they were always hard for me. Um. You can look it up on YouTube. So Prophecy has the best death for any character in a monster movie in the whole entire world. So mm -hmm. it's about this mutated bear on a rampage. And there's a subplot of this like family camping. And so they're camping and then the bear comes and like kills everybody. But God, this sounds so familiar the because the sun is in a sleeping bag and not to interrupt, but just to, Son is in the sleeping bag and he's still in the sleeping bag and he's like trying to hop away and the bear comes and smacks him. And then the sleeping bag, you see his face scream and then you see the sleeping bag smash into a rock and it just explodes into feathers. No body, just feathers everywhere. <laughs> Where's the body? <laughs> Nobody knows. I guess the child death was too graphic, so replace it with feathers. Like, but it was funny because we were watching that movie and it was, we were like, wow, this is actually really good. But then there's one scene where you see the bear run and you're like, mm -hmm. oh man, that's obviously just a man in a suit. Like that actually made the bear less scary. And that's where we ended up putting execution because sometimes you do get something that looks beautiful, but then. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see it in movement or how it's being used, you're like, uh, it could have been better. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I, you know, some people think that the grading system's a little rushed, but I'm like, you got to listen to our episodes. Like, mm. you know, I always say because I, Michael, I told you what Shin Godzilla is getting, right? 
Uh, I feel like you probably did, but I've since forgot. Well, that's going to be a hot take episode. 110%. Cannot wait. Uh It's going to be a good time. I feel like you've told me that because when I first reached out to you for this show, it was one of the very first things you told me. Uh, one of the gratings you've already pre you've almost, I think you've already recorded the episode. Correct? I have recorded every episode until November or God's remember uh, Godzilla remembrance episode, which will come out November 5th. Um, and then oh, we wow. take kind okay. of a, yeah. Cause COVID and mental health and da da da. I had to fill something up with my time. Well, um, I was going to say, you, you you had plenty of time on your hands, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and like now that I'm happy that people are doing the Patreon rewards, because uh, like you and I are, are going to join Alex for his reward for his episode of The Thing, which I'm really looking forward to. And like, mm-hmm. just a shameless plug, guys, if you go on the Fan Podcast Patreon for 2020, you give me money, I do whatever monster movie you want to do. You pick the guests, I pick the time, and we do it. It's fun. So in theory, if I was a Patreon, I could make you watch Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Yes. Because that... Okay. Even though... I forget. Turbo... Did Turbo have a monster or did they just fight aliens? Uh, it had Malagor at the end. Right. Uh, the one that would... Yeah, the one that would later become Dark Spectre in the series. Right, right, right. And this is the one where the Blue Ranger was a kid, correct? Yes. 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 It's funny because last yes. night I was doing an episode for the movie Nightbreed, which when that comes out, everybody's going to laugh at that because that was one of my favorite famous Henry Freakout episodes. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad movie. It's just not for me. Um, but we kept comparing to characters in that movie to Ivan Ooze and one person did not know who Ivan Ooze was. Oh boy. And they were like, I gotta look this guy up. And then they did and they are like, Oh no! Yeah, no. The, most of these guys are definitely Ivan Bruce. and I was like, "Yeah, no, I I really can't wait to talk about Ivan Bruce with you." But um, what what I find really fascinating about your podcast, Henry, I'm sorry I interrupt you. Uh, no worries, interrupt me away because I'll just keep talking. I I see that, but uh, <laughs> but one thing that really uh, kind of intrigues me about the about your show is because you really don't pull any punches on your show. No. And you will give poor grades to beloved films and um, at least cult, at least what would be considered cla- cult classics within the fandom. And I'm specifically talking about like the Godzilla Kaiju fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, like you gave uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from 91 a D. Mm-hmm. And I know a ton of people who love that movie and, ca- and would probably grade it probably much higher than you did. Uh, but the one thing I do love about your, about your show is not only do you pull no punches, but you also highlight films that normally us as a fan base probably wouldn't give the time of day to. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I, I uh, honestly was surprised that Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah got a D. I mean, I said, he'd be like, at least it passed. At least it like, did it fail? That was good. I still have not gotten a Godzilla film that's gotten an F, which is great. Um, but like, you got to also remember that on my Godzilla episodes, I usually don't have Godzilla people on them. Because um, my show is more for a bridge to show people what monster movies to watch. Because I feel like people look their no- nose down at monster movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know... No, and maybe this is a great point to talk about, like, you know, 
a lot of modern day takes on the monster movie is on that beloved film Pacific Rim, which I cannot stand. I love the cinematography of that film, mm-hmm. but Pacific Rim created this concept which is why we have the title for this episode about the kaiju film. Because I yeah, hate it. It, it. it did. It did. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was trying to find a good segue to, to get into that. So when we first, when I first pitched to you to come on my show, um, you just kind of threw it out there that you hate, you hate kaiju. Yes, I hate I'm kaiju. My, what an awful hate, concept. You, <laughs> yeah, what an awful concept for a, Kaiju for a for a podcast that focuses on talking to kaiju fans. So I'm going to be talking with somebody who hates kaiju, mm-hmm. but it's not what you think. No. It's not what people would think. No, not at all. Um, and honestly, what I told you before we started recording, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So let's get into that, Henry. Let's 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 go ahead and drop the bomb and say and or ask you, why do you hate kaiju? So. I hate it because I think the word causes too much friction and chaos and it, the word itself is gatekeepery. And I think it creates a, an identity that is not true to the form. Um, I know I probably said this a little bit more elegantly on monster versus men. Um, and Mm -hmm. I, but I do always try and point out like, cause I used the word Kaiju as a kid. Uh, sure. Fun fact, before I learned what copyright was, uh, Titan Wars originally was called Kaiju Wars, and it was all about Godzilla. Mo- it was all about the Godzilla monsters and stuff. Um, but over time, like I, it was only me using it, and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. But then when Pacific Rim mm-hmm. came out, everything became a kaiju film. And I was just like, but and I think it was some, I think I met someone once. Or else to, it was, I think, in the first time I was really going on the Godzilla online forums. And it was when I started seeing people being like, oh, yeah, King Kong's not a kaiju. Or uh, this is a kaiju, but not the ants from them. Or the, you know, the gargantulas are a kaiju, but the 50-foot woman isn't. And I'm like, uh, they're both giant monsters. Like, those are giant mm-hmm. monster movies. And then it's like, oh, well, Japan makes kaiju films. So I'm like, yeah, but you're saying Yangari is a kaiju film. But one, having lived in Korea, fun fact, Korea hates Yangari. Uh, most of the time, if you, would, if you went to Seoul, South Korea right now, Michael, and asked like, hey, where can I buy Yangari toys? One, you couldn't because they don't exist. Okay. Uh, two... I, I'm pretty sure the Korean cut of that film no longer exists or is very hard to get by because Korea does not like it. Uh, the only form of Yangari that exists today is Yangari is what you call dinosaur chicken nuggets in Korean. <laughs> like, so if you went to a shop and said, can I get Yangari? They would probably take you to the frozen food section for, to get dinosaur chicken nuggets. That's what Yangari yeah. is. That's hilarious. Oh, it's super fun. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's, uh, like, and I think you're right. I've never been able to find the actual Korean cut of Young. No, Bar. they can't. I've stand only it. been, I've only been able to find the American. Dub. And then it's like, 
And then speaking of Korea, Korea, people always keep telling me that the host is a kaiju film. And I'm like, how is it a kaiju film? Like, Gwemel is a monster. Like, he's just a mutation. He's not, yeah, he's a giant tadpole. But, like, when I think kaiju, I think a city destroyer. And then I even looked at it, and I thought about it like, actually, we've been using the word wrong. The true word is daikaiju, because a kaiju is a strange beast. That makes sense to me. Like, if Correct. you said monster movies were kaiju films, then all the movies that I've done on my podcast are kaiju films, because they are all movies about strange beasts. But if right. you're using it only for giant monsters, like, I sit here, adjust my glasses, and I hate to say, like, Technically, we should say be saying daikaiju. Um, and that should only be for the Japanese films. But, like, it's such a wonderful menagerie of words. And, like, the arguments people get into about, like, I'm all, like, I'm team Clifford the Big Red Dog when it comes out of this movie. Yeah, we're doing it on the show. Cannot wait. <laughs> Cannot wait to do <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog the movie. Because that, to me, that counts. Like, that completely counts as a giant monster movie. I know you mentioned as an aside on your on, on an episode yeah. uh, where you said uh, you're going to be doing Lilo and Stitch. Because it's a monster movie. Peach Dragons is a monster movie. Like, these, because it's not, monster movies don't have to be scary. They don't. Not all of them are horror films. Not all of them are giant, like, I meet people and they're like, oh, you do a lot of horror films. And I'm like, I wouldn't call Lilo Stitch a horror film, but sure. Uh, you know, I don't even consider Jurassic Park a horror film. Uh-huh. And it's just it's just one of those things where I just feel like, and I also feel like it's very cultural appropriating a little bit using kaiju mm-hmm. a lot. Because like, it's, it's, it's like, um, oh, what's the, what is it in Korea? Like, do you know what Konglish is? No, I'm not. So Konglish is Korean English. It's when Koreans adapt English words. okay. Right? Gotcha. So when I was teaching Korean, well, teaching English in Korea, um, I was with my middle school students, my upper level, and I had a student tell me that Konglish came before English. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, egg is a Korean word and egg is the English adaptation. I'm like, it's, it's the other way around, bud. It's the other way around. <laughs> and like, he didn't believe me. And I sat there being like, you know what? To be fair, that's understandable. But like, the thing is like, it's just, and I'm trying to like, I actually am trying to hold my punches because, like, I, I, you know, I, I do feel bad because, you know, you, you're the kaiju groupie. And I'm literally telling you, like, I can't stand your name, but that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, know, no, it's, it's fair. Not, it's fair. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that I think, like, as a fandom, like, we, ha- there's a lot of problems right now in the world, like a lot sure. of issues, and like, we're such a niche group. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you know, it, it it makes me think about something Henry Rollins once said. Uh, and it's kind of something that I think is relevant to not just this conversation, but to everything, which he's, he, he was like, you know, everybody's like, when you hear a racist talk, you got to boo them 
and then they mm-hmm. walk off. And what does that cause? It just causes more resentment. It causes more like frustration. So eventually it will grow and grow and grow until it becomes feral and ugly. Sure. No one's having a discussion. Everything's starting to become a thing. And like, you know, people have to be held accountable and people shouldn't be have to held accountable. And like, don't say that. Don't say this. Don't whatnot. And I sit here being like, we're a bunch of Americans who are worshiping this uh, film genre in Japan that is popular, but it's not as popular as you think, uh, especially like in other countries. Like whenever people talk about Yangari with me, I'm like, Korea hates that movie. Korea Mm -hmm. doesn't like Japan. Like when people ask me, oh, I bet you got a lot of Godzilla stuff. I'm like, it was really hard to get Godzilla stuff. In fact, when I went to Japan as a kid, I Mm -hmm. couldn't find Godzilla stuff in Japan until I got to Tokyo. I found tons of Ultraman stuff, but nothing really Godzilla centric. Um, And it's just like, I, I, you know, I just was on Monster vs. Men for Gamma vs. Zegra, and that's, a blast of an episode. I do so many hot takes in that episode that I don't. I'm looking. They did not realize I was going to go and talk about such hot takes. Uh, I believe I even compared Gamma versus Zegra as the prototype to Godzilla 2000. Uh, can't wait for those ads. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Watch it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Watch it. Right. But it's just like one of those things where, like, I really love my show because I get these people on to watch this genre who don't have the background that we do where it's just like, oh yeah, Rosha Honda's a pacifist, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, no, this is dumb. Like when Luba watched Mothra, uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra in On Earth Day's Attacks, it's just like, why is Godzilla in this movie? Like, it's just about Mothra and Batra and like Batra's awesome, but Godzilla's like has no motivation. Like it's, it's funny when I list, hear people talk about these movies I really like and then... I hear counter arguments and I have to play devil's advocate because I'm the host and I have to hold my biases. Uh, But at the same time, like I don't mind giving grades like that because the thing is like, you know, it's like everybody got mad at me for giving Jurassic Park an A minus. And I'm like, go listen to the episode. I didn't hate the film. I just don't think it deserves the A plus because like I'm a fan of the book. Like that's my opinion. That's my experience. But I feel mm-hmm. like the kaiju genre, everybody's trying to say, like, my rules for kaiju are everybody's rules. But that's not the case. Everybody comes mm-hmm. into this genre with different backgrounds and reasons. And then when they think they found sanctuary, because they're now with a bunch of monster people, and then all of a sudden people are telling them, like, that's not a kaiju, or this isn't a kaiju, or Godzilla will always beat this monster, or God forbid Kong wins. And I'm just like, none of these are real. You know, <laughs> you are okay, buddy. You are preaching to the choir. Yeah. I feel like now, um, I will admit, I will admit here and please, and all five listeners that are going to be listening to this episode, uh, don't hate me, but I have been a little bit guilty of some of the gatekeeping and, and things myself, oh. uh, especially early on in my, um, rebat, I, I call it my rebaptism into the fandom. Uh, after Godzilla 2014, after a very long hiatus, I've always been a Godzilla and giant monster fan, but uh, it wasn't until like 2014 that I became comfortable to talk about it in public. And I know that sounds really stupid, like uh, to some, a lot of people, well, if, why, why would you be afraid to talk about 
uh, a movie, but you got to understand this fandom, this genre of film, it's not as popular as a lot of folks would assume. It's, and, and I show Godzilla films to my friends, especially, and I like to show them the Showa films because I just like to like, I like to laugh at their reaction. Um, and they just don't understand because you know they're in, you know they're all into sports ball and and Marvel and yeah. they they jumped on the Marvel bandwagon along with everybody else. Um, but I think there was something you said there, or something you alluded to rather, when you're when you're talking about all that is, and the way I kind of translated it was, we just don't know how to speak to each other anymore in a in a constructive way. Not at all. Like. Uh, and you're right. And like, I was guilty of gatekeeping too. To be honest, I was guilty of gatekeeping my fandoms, not just with Godzilla, but like Doctor Who, science fiction, dinosaurs, all this jazz, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like when yeah. I was, but I changed my opinion about it because I was at a bar in Seoul and I was talking anime with this one person and she freaked out at me that I'd never seen One Piece. And I was like really taken aback by it because I'm just like, I'm sorry. I just have never had any interest. And it's like, well, you can't be an anime fan if you haven't watched One Piece. And I sat there being like, is this what I sound like? And then I started being more aware. And then when I meet people who like when I tell people, hi, I'm Henry. I like dinosaurs. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I've never like, don't be mad at me. I've never seen Jurassic Park. I'm like, why would I be mad at you? Like, why, why do you automatically have to apologize for thinking that I am going to be mad at you? And I realize nerds are awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, we like, are. We're really we are. awful because we just get so angry that we don't have that connection. But all it does is just isolates us. And then, like, I mean, look at Twitter. Like, I love who I follow on Instagram on Instagram and Twitter. But there are sure. some conversations where I'm just like, like, especially recently with like, you know, I consider him a friend. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to cause drama, but I consider him a friend. I know why he said what he said, to, you know, whatever. But everybody like turning this specific person now into like, oh, I've lost faith, da-da-da. And I'm just like, everybody's a human being. Like, mm -hmm. I have said stuff on my podcast that I'm just like, man, I, I know I'm going to get added or something like that. Because, like, I try and be aware of stuff. And I, I just realized that, like, everybody's just so – everybody's just really sensitive. And it is a sensitive time. There's a lot of change going on. I agree. And I, uh, I, it was, it's been several months back now, but, uh, on the other, on the, sh on the other show I'm on Kaiju weekly with, with my friend Travis, I made an offhanded comment without thinking it through and someone took offense to that. And I was wrong for the way I said it. Now I, it doesn't mean I don't hold the same, a similar opinion, but I was wrong in the way I said it. I should have been a little bit more, um, I should have, I should have maybe worded it in a way that wasn't so uh, dogmatic. Yeah. Let's just say that. Um, but we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes and we all, I feel like, um, I feel like you grow as a fan and you grow as just a person in general. Not, it doesn't have to be a fan when you admit that you're wrong sometimes. And I think a lot of us within the fandom 
have a very difficult time admitting when we're wrong or admitting when we're willing to have our mind changed or admitting um, that someone can have uh, an acceptable opinion outside of our own. Yeah. It's just, it's just wild too, because sometimes like I, you know, I sit here with hot take being like, uh, everyone's like, oh, there's not enough girl monsters. And I'm like, well, in my head, destroy is a girl. Cause I read somewhere that apparently like had destroy is like crotch plate is mirrored to a female's crabs. I don't know, but I'm just like, yeah, destroy is a girl and moving on. But I, I've had people like yell at me being like, here are all the reasons why. And I'm like, it's a dragon crab. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I, I'm sure you might have heard that on my episode, but I remember my second chiefest that I went to, I got stuck in it. I don't know how I got into this, but I got stuck in a conversation about Godzilla beam density. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, how, why are we yeah. here? Like, you know, none of these movies are canonical. Like what? Like, there's no can it too? Like, yeah, everybody has their own ideas of like how the Showa films line up to each other. But like, uh-huh. no one from Doho has said like after the fact, being like, oh yeah, they're connected. Like, uh-huh. no, uh-huh. like it's and it's it's just like you know I laugh because everybody's mad now with Frozen Two in ways that I can't believe. Like, for instance, like uh, now that we know what happened to Anna and Elsa's parents, spoilers. But like now, the fan theory that Tarzan's Anna and Elsa's long lost brother is now debunked, and I'm like, where? What are you doing during the day? Like, <laughs> or the one where like. Aladdin is set in the future and that's why Genie can do pop culture references. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I mean, like, bravo for thinking of that. But, you know, no one at Disney at the time thought like this. Like, g- there are some Godzilla films. There are some Gamera films. There are all that. That, that, that definitely have a message and a purpose. And, like, for years, I hated Godzilla versus Adora. Hated it. Uh, same, same. I mean, we all- it's only been in the last year that I've grown to appreciate it. Well, it wasn't until I had my episode for it when I watched it with uh, Zach and his wife and uh, Sean McGinnis from Neo Monster Island. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the Rocky Horror of the Godzilla franchise. Like, it's just bizarre. But it's got a great message and it's super cool. Uh, or Mon- Mon- there are movies that I've watched where I'm like, wow, this was actually a lot better than I thought it was. Or like, wow, this was, I never would have thought that this movie was bad or could be considered not enjoyable for some people. Like, sure. I, you know, everybody got mad at me for giving the giant claw an F. Another prime example, because as I keep having to remind people, you have to remember that the giant monster genre why I just think giant monster is just an easier term. It originated in America. Like the beast from 20th Godzilla is a dinosaur and not an octopus. Cause they wanted to compete with the beast from 20,000 fathoms. Right. Right. You know, this is why things are the way they are. It, you know, at the end of the day, you have to understand how a market works and that's just what was working. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then Gorgo appears, and that's why like giant monsters are usually dinosaurs, and it's it's all this stuff. It's just it's just all this stuff. And like people just gotta like 
take a breath, calm down, remember it's not real, have fun with it. And like I was saying with the giant claw, yeah, it's an F film on our podcast, but it's an F for fun. Like it's a bad, guys, it's a bad movie. Like the giant claw is an awful film. And like it gets an F, but it's one of the like I always tell people like we have fun Fs on the show. There are some movies that are not fun, like mm-hmm. Beyond White Space, where you get to hear me like hysterically scream into my microphone for like ten minutes about why I could not stand that film. And then there's like a movie like Elves that we did for a Christmas special, and I was so disappointed in that film because turns out that was a Christmas film about Nazi eugenics. Mm. That was a monster movie that I really wish I did more research into before watching it. And I didn't even give Probably. that movie a grade. That ended up being a whole conversation about, like, don't be a Nazi. Um, and it's just like, I, and I, I, I think it's just like, I, for me personally, the word kaiju, mm-hmm. I don't mind when people say, oh, I like die kaiju films. And I'm like, my brain goes like, yeah, because they're Japanese giant monster movies. God, mon- God, strange beast. Fine. But when people are like, oh, the kaiju fandom, and I'm like, that just sounds so gatekeepery. Because I sit here being like, I didn't even realize apparently there's beef between the Ultraman fandom and the Godzilla fandom until recently. When did that happen? I just, I just sit here being like, I don't understand what happened. And like, you know, I, I don't know if you've listened to the Giant Claw episode, but my friend not. Beth is on that. She became a fan of Godzilla because of my show, because she listened to the King of the Monsters review and commented it. Now she loves it. And like, she's now watching Ultraman with me. She's seen Gamera the Brave with me. She's watched Rodan. She loves the genre. Mm -hmm. But like, I Mm -hmm. get nervous because I'm like, don't go on the internet. Because one, you're a girl. So automatically you're going to get judged that you're doing it wrong. And I sit Mm -hmm. here being like, I'm going to defend you, but I'm in no mood for this. It's also one of the reasons why I try and get a lot of women on my podcast or just queer people in general, because I want to give more voices that like, it's not a dude's club. Like Mothra is a strong female character and has beaten Godzilla in almost every film that she is in because technically Toho favors her a little bit more than Godzilla because Mothra is a truly unique concept of a monster. But it's just like, you know, God forbid you tell a Godzilla fan that like Godzilla's not invincible. He's died more times than he's survived his own films. You know, I'm so happy the monster versus men podcast got people talking about the Godzilla anime properly again. Cause, um, you know, Godzilla, the planet eater was my first a for the show. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I had learned while researching that Toho wanted women to enjoy that film more than the giant monster audience. So I made sure. sure that my friend Morgan, who is an anime fan, watched it with me. And she was like, Henry, it hit all the things about why I like anime. And I was like, oh, my God, Toho did it. They're, they're just marketing machines. And like, I love the Godzilla anime every time I watched it. I was like, why are people hating this? This is a really cool story. Because it's just a sci-fi film and Godzilla happens to be there. Because, but people don't like the people don't like new. It's like King of the Monster Problems or 2014. Like, yeah, 2014 got a D on our show. D minus on our show. But it's not because we hate it. It's just like it had problems. Like 
that's not a movie. Like my show is a is the purpose to show people who are unfamiliar with monster movies. Like if you want to get into it, what's an experience that you're going to enjoy and want to keep learning about? Not like, you know, you don't blast Gamera versus Zegra day one, obviously. You get there. No. You get there. You know, it's, you know, you'll, I can't wait for you to hear that whole episode, Michael. I think you're going to have a blast. I, I'm sure I will. I, I really enjoyed their episode, their last episode with Matt Frank. Yeah. And that was a blast. And I know Matt's from talking. always a great guest. I love having him on the show. From talking with um, Alex and Eric uh, on in the DMs, basically what they tried to, what they're trying to do with Gamera is just have fun. Yeah, they're just ha- they're just trying to have fun with it because neither one of them, uh, with the exception of maybe the Heisei trilogy, Alex, I don't believe has watched any of the Showa era films, at least not like in a serious way. Maybe outside of uh, MST three. I'll be honest. When I get my camera box set, it'll probably be the first time I've seen the show of films without MSK three help. You know, like the okay. When I was doing research for my episode on their show, it was the first time I saw Gamera versus Zegra in Japanese. And I actually talked about it on the episode. I'm like, guys, if I would say pick, if you want, if you want your serious monster movie or monster movie that takes itself seriously, watch the subbed. Watch that one subbed. I was actually really surprised how much more solid of a film it was subbed than dubbed because there's less talk mm-hmm. about Coke from Helen in that, in, in the <laughs> subbed version, she actually drinks other things besides Coke in that film. But, um, I just, I just feel like I don't blame people. It's like where people have problems with game of Thrones. Like I have problems with game of Thrones because it's just British fan fiction because British history fan fiction and it drives me nuts. But, um, you know, now everybody's into fantasy. Now everybody's into superheroes. And then, of course, like us, the nerds who have been telling people for years they're good, now have been shown that they are good, but people didn't listen to us first. And we get, mm-hmm. and we're getting resentful for it. I mean, backstory, you know, back in the Henry Time Machine. And Michael, you literally could say, Henry, no more backstory, please. But, um, <laughs> fine. No, it's fine. I'm enjoying the conversation. Man. You know, the Honey Badger meme? Like honey badgers don't care. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know it. All right, setting the stage. I went to South Africa when I was in fifth grade. After my first dinosaur dig, my family went on one last giant family adventure, and we went to South Africa. We went from we got to Cape Town. We went to a cool place called Kufas, and then we went to Pinda National Wildlife Reserve. I like a uh, herd of bull elephants came into our camp one night. That was fun. I hid in a wardrobe. Uh, and then we ended the trip with tagging a white rhino, um, which was super cool. And oddly enough, rhinos feel very soft. But when I came back from my trip, of course, all my friends were like, what was the scariest animal you saw in Africa? And when I was in group bus in, by the Cape of Good Hope, there were signs everywhere of like, beware of honey badgers. Right. So I tell everybody, right. I'm like, Guys, I did not know this, but there's an animal in Africa called the honey badger. And holy snap, that was probably the most dangerous thing I was most scared of. And they're like, a honey badger? Because no one knew what a honey badger was. And then YouTube showed up, and then honey badger don't care happened. And then everybody's like, Henry, do you know what a honey badger is? Apparently they don't care. And I'm like, (laughs) I would look at them, and I'm just like, I literally told you this last week. 
I went in on a whole lunchroom rant about like how the honey badger was one of Africa's most terrifying animals and no one believed me. But now you saw a YouTube video with a song and now you're like a honey badger expert? Like, and of course that gets me resentful. To this day, it still gets me a little resentful. But I also see you're being sure. like, why am I mad that they are learning and like getting into it? Like, I don't, don't be mad about people wanting to learn things or having an opinion. Like, you know, it's just, I get really exhausted about like, I'm, you know, between you and me, Michael, and I guess everybody listening to this episode, I am terrified to do Godzilla versus Biollante. Oh, terrified. You got to give that film at least a B to make people happy. Well, I don't know, because to be honest, I can't stand that film. I love Biollante, but I feel like that movie goes in so many ways and directions that it, it, it... I wanted more. Like, that's what the problem for me with that movie. I wanted more out of Biollante, you know? I wanted more out mm-hmm. of the plot. And then it's just, you know, it's convoluted in parts. And that's fine. And there's like... And don't worry, guys. Lots of hand gestures are going on because I'm trying to explain how convoluted I feel about it. But, like, I know everybody loves it. And I just appear being like, I'm, you know, if you're going to give me a Heisei film... Like I'd probably pick uh, Godzilla versus Destroyer, but it's I can't rewatch it all the time because it's like, oh, that's that's it, the end. Um, yeah. Honestly, I my over the years, my I was in the camp of I absolutely love Godzilla versus Biollante, but over the course of you know reevaluating some of these films, I've come to find out I maybe not I don't love it as much. I still love it but I don't love it nearly as much as maybe I did when I was say 12 yeah. or, or whatever. I, uh, if I'm going to go for Heisei, I'm probably going to pick up, uh, I don't know, Re- return of Godzilla, either for 84 or 85. That was my first, that was my first Godzilla film. That is how I got into the genre. That film. Or Mecha Godzilla two, which mm. I catch a lot of shit on, which I catch a lot of shit okay, from Eric about. Actually, but. no, I keep forgetting to yell at, them about this, but I I will talk about this. I love Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla too. That I think I no, take it back. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two I think is my favorite Heisei film. Like I, I and what's funny is I hate that Mechagodzilla design so much. Yeah, so much. But like hear you or old school seventy four. You know, it's funny. I used to didn't. I also didn't appreciate old school, but the more I realize how much I love Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, I'm like. Oh yeah, I'll jazzmatazz make Godzilla any day of the week. <laughs> well, you've heard my theme music. Yeah, so. no, I was so happy when, <laughs> when that was it. I was like, good, I'm gonna listen to this podcast. But it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like that's and you know, long story short. Well, okay, no, long story, still long story. But like that's why I can't stand <laughs> the word kaiju. Why I hate it is because I feel like kaiju. It's just this gatekeepery bubble of like angry people who just like can't wait to snap at somebody about why they're wrong or how dare they have a different opinion or how dare you say that this is that. And I'm just like, calm down, everybody. And then it's like, you know, as awful as it is when people like I've been, a, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a Doctor Who fan. Da, da, da. And yeah. And I hear people like say, well, we're not as bad as Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, we're actually pretty worse because like, 
you know, yeah, people are mad about the new trilogy. And I sit here being like, I actually love The Last Jedi. Uh, I love Rey's character. Can't stand Rise of the Skywalker because you did it, Disney. You made a Star Wars film, but it was a Star Wars film. And if you had any Star Wars background, you know what's going on. And if you're just a normal fan, you don't know what's going on in that film. So it's a it's a Sweeno. So it's Star Wars in name only. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just like, you know, I'm sitting here because my brother and my other kind of brother person, you know, we grew up on Star Wars, but I'm the only one that's like watching the shows and read the comics and da 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 da. So watching mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, oh no, this is all lore stuff. This is stuff that you have to read extra material about. Because my brother kept leaning over. He's like, when did this happen? And I'm like, so Palpatine's a clone. <laughs> you know, part one. Um, just like, you know, I don't want to sit here watching this movie, having to explain like, so Palpatine's a clone. He always was a clone. This was a thing. They were supposed to do this, but they did Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that in a movie ever. I don't want to have to explain to people something accessible, why this is that. Like, that's why I like King of the Monsters, because you don't need to know about all the Easter eggs. Like, you could just enjoy it to enjoy it. But right. uh, I mean, it, it's helpful. Now, don't get me wrong. It's helpful to know some of the Easter eggs, oh, yeah. like uh, the, the references to the twins with the, the references yeah. to the monster twins. and Or the fact uh, that all of the bases are the years the monsters come out. I personally like right. to say that King Adora's base is because he has three heads and two tails. That's my thing because he's outpost outpost thirty two, and I thought that was clever. That's my thing. Yeah, I could never. Uh, I, I never could figure out why they called that. Well, it's also apparently. I think officially it's because it's half of sixty four. Oh um, well, yeah. Which, okay. But I sit here being like, no, three heads, two tails, thirty two. That's what that's, that makes more sense I think to me. That makes more sense too. But it's just like one. Like if anybody's listen, has listened to it this far, one use Daikaiju when talking about these films. <laughs> use Daikaiju because that's what that means. Like I sit here not wanting to do cultural appropriation, but just say Daikaiju or like, and I don't even mind Ultra Kaiju because that makes sense to me. But just like right. the broad term of Kai, like Kai, if you say Kaiju film, it's a broad term. Do not make it a specified term. That's why it's just safer to say giant monsters. Just my opinion. My so hope. we're not advocating for splitting them off into separate categories then? No, I just like... I mean, I look at like dinosaurs, right? Everybody knows what right. a dinosaur is, but like for some reason I'm like, oh, and birds are dinosaurs. And I'm like, well, birds didn't go extinct. I'm like... But they're dinosaurs. Like, at the end of the day, they are dinosaurs. They're still dinosaurs. They're just a part of the dinosaur family. But if you say, oh, no, you know, birds and dinosaurs are different. I'm like, no, they're not. They're the same thing. Like, I don't know why you're so mad that this thing and that thing are different. Like, Mm -hmm. stop. Just say daikaiju. That's all I'm asking. Like, you know, if you want to get specific about Japanese giant monster films, say Daikaiju. But if you want to use Kaiju, include everyone in that party. Rotilicus, Gorgo, don't include the host. Everybody needs to stop telling me the host is a giant monster movie. I don't know why. 
I'm going to get into it when I do that movie because, like, I'm so mad I never went to the... You know, I lived in Korea for five years and I never went to the Han River. And there's actually a statue of the damn thing on the Han River that, like, roars on the hour. And I never went. And I don't know why. I think it's because I'm stupid. But just, like, you know, it's just... it's just, it, I just don't understand why everybody has to make everything into, like, nice little boxes when just, like... No, it came from a monster movie. That's a broad spectrum of film. It's why right. I do what I do. And if I'm going to do a broad spectrum of film, I'm going to have a broad spectrum of people that I sure. like. I, you know, I picked the cast for Godzilla versus King Ghidorah because it's one Godzilla fan. My friend Alex loves giant monsters, but she's also mm-hmm. a Doctor Who fan. Millie's a Doctor Who fan. Ben's a comic book nerd. Like, I. Loved Godzilla versus King Ghidorah as a kid because that was the movie that came out the year I was born, and King Ghidorah is my true origin into Godzilla. Like, but I'm gonna not stand aside and say, like, oh, that movie's like Academy Award winning amazingness. No, that movie has a plot that, you know, I think Ben says it best. At least the time travel makes more sense than Endgame. And that's Mm -hmm. terrifying because the time travel doesn't make sense. Like, as I've grown older, King Godzilla versus King. Ghidorah doesn't make any sense, but it looks pretty, and that's fine by me. I'm okay. And that's cool. You know, it's I mean, it's it's great. It gave us King Ghidorah, which to me is my favorite Godzilla antagonist. Yeah. As far as a giant monster goes. See, there I'm already rec- I'm already correcting myself. Yeah. Uh, I I notice that with people when I'm on their shows, they start correcting themselves and it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> now ask me probably two hours from now well, you know, when, uh, when I'm on Twitter or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey kaiju groupie pod what what did we talk about today uh well we talked about kaiju and how well, kaiju even are kaiju. eric what we did on the episode of them where he said kaiju and i'm like aha you see you see <laughs> this word because it's not a like it's it's not don't use it it's a bad word just like use it correctly that's all i say like because i also sit here did you ever hear about the show kaijudo no, I have not, but that sounds super fascinating. It's to me. great. It's like Pokemon with Kaiju. I don't know. But they actually talk about it's great. It's it's a great show. I actually really applaud it. It was like one of the it's it's kind of akin to Digimon, which also are giant monster movies. As my yeah. one friend, like I people are like, wait, you're gonna do the Digimon movie on your show? I'm like, yes, I'm going to do the Digimon movie on my show because it's a monster movie. Like <laughs> What do you not understand? Like, why do you want to make this genre so subgenre? Like, I don't mind subgenres, but I want to talk about them all because it's fun. Right. Plus, now I don't have to worry about ever running out of material because they keep making them. But it's just, oh man, there are some movies I'm going to have to really get drunk for. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough time. <laughs> Well, let me, I'm glad you said that. So, because you watch a lot of movies and we can, we could kind of segue from here, but I'll ask you really quickly since you brought it up. Um, what, a, what, what are the movies that you have reviewed that you recommend people have to be drunk for? Oh, I actually have a bu- list on letterbox for this. Hold on. Oh God. <laughs> uh, 
Well, actually, oddly enough, the first movie we ever gave an A plus for is a movie that you should drink with. Not because it's bad, but because um, it's called Grabbers. It's an Irish monster movie. And the plot is simply uh, these like vampire alien squids start invading this small town in Ireland. And they find out the only reason why people have survived is because they were drunk. So they have, because the blood alcohol in your system is poison to them. So it's a hilarious film, like 10 out of 10 recommend grabbers. It's a great film, but, um, I'll recommend that one to, uh, to Travis when I talk to him later. Here are all our F films. Um, these are films that you do hear me drinking on several times. Uh, so beyond white space sphere got an F contamination got an F frogs got an F the legend of dinosaurs and monster birds. <laughs> That's rough. The crater Lake monster tsunami. Oh, tsunami. It's <laughs> tsunami is a podcast record because it's, I found out my grades can go into the negatives. It has a negative oh. three out of 25 out of my scoring system. So bravo, Tsunami. Uh, Mammoth uh, is a drinking film. Tabernacle 101, which is a movie that for some reason I was asked to screen for. And I felt so bad because I'm like, this movie was awful. Thanks Killings was bad. You should drink to that. The Day of the Time Ended, which was David's white behemoth gift to me. I don't know what happened with that, but you got to drink for that. Queen Kong's a good time. That's that's with wine. <laughs> that's a wine drinking game. It sounds well. We watched that one during uh, Kaiju. Kong I love time. Queen Kong. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, I re- we, we, oh, I think I recommended Queen Kong in Kaiju Quarantine. That might have been. I th- my I'm doing. pretty sure we watched that one. Um, oh wait, that was my doing. Yeah, because uh, I was going to help coronate quarant- Kaiju Quarantine, but then I missed something. So I. Yes, that's right. Altitude, Nightmare Shark, The Swarm with Michael Caine was awful. Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico, you really have to drink tequila with. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot's pretty tough with Alice Cooper. That was a, that was a, that was a drinky, drinky film. Um, I think also I've said that some of our D films are drinking game films. Uh, which, of course, is like Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, you know, I, I do say our, uh, on Letterboxd, our solid Ds are anything but solid films, but they are deep enough for viewing for a viewing or two. Scoring from 16.5 out of 16 out of 25, these films showcase dubious plots with the attempts of deadly monsters. These are good, quote-unquote, dumb films. Um, so it's not like... Fair enough. You know, it's not like I'm saying these movies are bad. I'm, you know... Anaconda has a C plus because that's just the campiest of camp. But like, you know, it's, you got to take our letter grades with a grain of salt. And I always tell people who get mad, I'm like, go listen to the episode because like, it's not that we hated it. I mean, uh, Godzilla versus King of the monster, uh, Godzilla King of Ghidorah got solid fives for both their concept and design execution. I believe. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that we said it was bad. Like, there are good parts about it. The idea of Godzilla versus King of Monsters. King, why do I keep calling it that? You know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're doing. It's a good it. concept. It's awesome. But, like, 
you know, the story needed work and the characters need work. And those are, God forbid, characters are important to a monster movie. You know, Jesus Christ. That Well, the human, you're, wait, you're saying the humans are important to a monster movie? Yes. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Yeah, humans are apparently important to monster movies. That's why they're a character. They're a great setting on this thing. Stupid show that I host. I, I I didn't know that, that that humans also played a really important role in some of these films. You also what, know what? Just talking about movies and human characters, I still can't believe that people have not gotten more mad about Lisa Nassinger and I giving the X from Outer Space a solid A+, and linking it to Shin Godzilla. Now, the link to Shin Godzilla is a little iffy for me, but I actually do like the X from Outer Space. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I, you know, if you haven't listened to it, give it a listen because I do explain why it's a bit Shin Godzilla, which is hilarious once people hear the Shin Godzilla episode itself. But, but, um, you know, it's people just need to remember that these are just movies and there are good movies and there are bad movies and it's okay to like bad movies. It's okay to like good movies. It's okay to like movies that you like because everybody's different. God's sakes, just calm down and don't use kaiju, just say giant <laughs> monsters. <laughs> I, I believe the moral of the story for this conversation, Henry, is um, people can like what they like. And as long as it's not hurting anybody, yeah. why does it don't matter? Don't be a racist. It's that easy. Don't be a racist. Don't be, don't hate queers. Don't be... And, you know, I sit here being like, some people don't like, I, I personally like to use queer because I am queer, but like, I know sure. some people don't like that term. And if that is the case, just know that I, that as someone in the LGBTQ plus community, I do use that term to describe myself and the culture. If that offends you, I do apologize and I understand why. Um, mm-hmm. But like, at the same time, don't be homophobic. <laughs> Don't be a racist. Don't be a sexist. It's that simple. Like, I sit here being like, you don't want to be a sexist? Go listen to uh, Mara Mallory's book, The Lady from the Black Lagoon, which is about Millicent Patrick, who, by the way, this woman is the reason why Chernabog from Fantasia exists. Uh, she is also the designer, was the person who created the creature from the Black Lagoon, but she wasn't credited because she was a woman and the man at Universal Studios was a giant man baby because he wanted the credit, even though he didn't even touch the thing. So calm down, everybody. Don't be a racist. Don't be a sexist. And accept all creeds and religions, except Nazis and racists. Like, it's not that hard. Not. And Henry will love you forever if you do so. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Well, I mean, I'll love you forever until you tell me like Avatar is good because then that's like a three hour rant about or, you know. Oh, yeah. And just real quick for Pacific Rim people, if you're like, oh, Pacific Rim is a kaiju film. One, it's not. It's a giant monster movie because I mean, it's a giant robot film because, yeah, that. Two, if you really want to prove to yourself that it's not a kaiju film go to a friend that likes pacific rim that is not a fan of giant monsters and ask them to name at least one of the monsters in the first film because they're all named they all have names we all know them but an average mm-hmm. moviegoer they're just like i know gypsy danger and Sharona alpha and crimson typhoon it's like 
huh, isn't it funny that they know the uh, names of the robots, but not the uh, monsters, even though the monsters were all named but Slantern. So I will give you credit on that one. Interesting, isn't it? I, uh, I'll, I'll have to kind of out myself here. I know Leatherback, and that's really the only kaiju name that I can remember. They're all, yeah, the no, moment. they're all named. Uh, when, yeah, they're all named. Yeah, all, all of them are named. Uh, when uh, Knifehead shows up, they call it Designation Knifehead. When Leatherback comes out, it is Designation Otashi and Leatherback. And I sit here being like, how do they know like such great names for these monsters? Uh, you know, uh, I think Onibaba is called Onibaba, which is the crab one. Uh, Slantern and um, Raiju were also named. No, Slantern was the big bad. Raiju. And then what was the other one? Um, see, because that's the other thing. They're only said once. So you're yeah. just like, okay, cool beans. And like, I feel bad because the first kaiju of pacific rim i think has the best giant monster name ever which is trespasser but now apparently it's axe head so whatever i guess i think trespasser is such a better name but whatever it's my opinion i guess and henry that doesn't make you any less of a fan right at least in at least in my eyes that doesn't make you any less of a fan, man, that you don't know all the well, you know most of the names, but not all the names. But and that that and that is like the point where I'm like, oh yeah, because like everybody knows like Godzilla and Mothra. I mean, heck, people knew what the Mutos were. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how that works? Um <laughs> so so before uh we get out of here, I like to ask my guests. <clears throat> And I'm sure knowing who, knowing a little bit more about you, I'm sure you have a laundry list, but what right now are you binging on? And it doesn't necessarily even have to be uh, giant monster related. Oh, it can I'm, be I'm binging Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood right now. Um, the reason why okay. I had a stall is because I was eating lunch and I just got to the episode where they were doing the back uh, story for the homunculus. And I just really liked that piece. And I was like, okay, now I got to go do the episode. Uh, that was what my five minutes was. <laughs> but uh, I also recommend uh, the anime Brand New Animal, BNA, by Trigger Studios, because at the end, okay. there is literally a Godzilla and King Ghidorah reference. Like, the final fight is King Ghidorah versus Godzilla. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic animation. Um, and when I'm not binging on those shows, I am currently working on setting up uh, Apex, which will be my blockbuster audio drama about giant monsters. Uh, Did you listen to that teaser? I have not yet. No. Well, when you listen to the teaser, let me know and I'll send you the field guide I'm working on. So you can kind of see these monster designs that I'm doing. But uh, actually better yet, uh, if you want to send me the audio to that, I will play it during the episode. How about that? No, I mean, the audio is like 30 minutes, so you probably. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. But, um, but the, uh, Apex will be a blockbuster style audio drama because apparently I have friends who work on the Pokemon anime. Of course I do. Um, of course you do. Of course I do. Of course my friend was the lead role for the Genesect film. And I just found this out and I'm so mad at her that she's been on my podcast so many times and she has not told me this until recently. But, uh, <laughs> but um, 
Apex's Kickstarter is coming out soon. I'll be writing the scripts for that and getting a really, and depending on how much money we raise for the Kickstarter, I'll be able to afford really cool voice actors and make it a big production, which would be awesome. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm just trying to get my life together because 2019 was a lot of emotional damage and 2020 started off rough. Don't live with your managers, kids. Step one. Because <laughs> I know they'll never listen to this. So don't live with your managers. Don't get into a romantic situation with them. And don't, for the love of God, ignore your problems. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will go bad. And of course, the fourth and most important rule if you're going to talk about giant monster movies, say giant monster movies. If you're going to talk about Godzilla, say Daikaiju. That's done. There Drop we go. The There's the, mor- the moral of the story, folks. Um, uh, and then, of course, the Patreon on uh, Ickfan Podcast. Uh, and at any tier level, $1, $3, $5, $10, uh, you get a movie of your choice. You get to pick the guests. If you need help with picking a movie or guests, I'll help you through that process. And then um, we'll record it and it will be played. And it's my big thank you for supporting uh, little old me during this crazy time of the year. Um, And expect some really cool stuff coming up down the pipeline. We're almost done with our July set. Next month for August will be August of the Apes, uh, which will feature the films Congo in the shadow of Kilimanjaro, which is about baboons. So you get to hear me talk about my hatred for baboons because I... Mm-hmm. Michael, I hate baboons. I, I really, I knew I hated baboons, but that episode is going to show that I apparently really hate baboons just a lot. But Rise of the Planet of the Apes is also in that, and my friend Barbara, who's a stem cell geneticist who studies the human brain, will tell you how Planet of the Apes could happen, which is exciting. And then it ends with Kong Skull Island which is a fantastic episode um, for sure. Um, but yeah, and then we have our tea Public store as well, uh, which supports the podcast and all the great artists. And Michael, you have a tea Public store, correct? Uh, not yet. I'm working on one. Uh, I'm going to be... I'm going to be uh, pulling you in see if I see if you can help me with that. Yeah, but, uh, And then when you get that stuff up, I'll put it under the umbrella so that way everyone gets... That way more people can see your stuff. Um, sure. So that just... You know, because, you know, at the end of the day, it came from a monster movie. It's not trying to just help me out, but it's trying to help all the artists, scientists and content creators that I know Mm -hmm. spread their information and worth and all that jazz. So but yeah, Michael, this was super fun. Let me let I apologize for talking a lot, but I'm sure you probably heard that's something that I do when I'm a guest. I was already prepared for it, man. Good. I I, I really, truly was. In fact, I probably won't even edit a whole lot of the stuff out uh, during this episode because Honestly, this was a fun, fun conversation. In fact, I, I had high expectations for this, but you exceeded those. Oh, I appreciate ex- it. Exuberantly. I expect you to be that. called the giant monster groupie after this. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the Daikaiju groupie. I don't know. <laughs> you do you. I'll just silently judge you every month. <laughs> Oh, play, don't judge me too hard. No, man. no, just I'll just, I'll, you know what? I told Alex and uh, Eric this, but I think I'm like the black sheep of this community where it's just like, who's that over there? 
I'm Henry. I hate kaiju. <laughs> but don't you run a podcast about? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's what was a little bit funny when you brought up the when you brought up the topic as you said, "Oh, oh, oh, Henry the host hates kaiju." Please I'm do. Like, okay, all right, we're we're doing it. We're doing it. And I love that everybody's going to be like, "We're thirty minutes in, and he's still talking about how he dug dinosaurs in Montana." <laughs> when is he going to talk about Godzilla? <laughs> Thank God for timestamps. Is all I can right? say. Anyway, but right. Michael, this was such a pleasure. I really appreciate And I can't wait to have you on my show when we do the thing. Oh, it's going to be fun, oh, I'm yeah. sure, because I, I I love uh, interacting with Alex. Uh, I He's in my DMs all the time, and, you know, I have I, I've really enjoyed this conversation, so I'm hoping that you and I can stay in touch even oh, yeah. after this is over. For sure. No, because like I said, I'm going to message you at least once a month and be like, why are you not the Daikaiju groupie yet? <laughs> <laughs> so... Listener, if you've stuck around for this long, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this I apologize for taking up your time, but hopefully you learned something. <laughs> Don't be a racist. Use Daikaiju. <laughs> I am... <laughs> oh, God. I am looking so forward to having you back at some point, man. Please I really do. am. I'll talk less. Oh, oh no, no. I, I Again, it's, it was a pleasure. It was my pleasure, of course. Um, so... As always, audio listener, uh, thank you again for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. Catch you on the flip. Don't be a racist. Use Daikaiju. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using redcircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, Follow us on social media by joining the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod, and on Instagram at The Kaiju Groupie. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the show. This will help spread the word to other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you.